Boys, welcome back to the Week 7 NFL Sunday pregame pick'em show and episode 47 of the Review Podcast. As always, Brendan Ouellette, Seth Hellman here on this very brisk Sunday morning before the NFL kicks off for Week 7. Seth, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty well. I'm I'm ready for the podcast. I'm real excited. You know, I look forward to this every Sunday morning. I'm glad that we decided to start a little bit later this week. Got a little yeah. bit of extra sleep. <laughs> yeah, we're we're, yeah. we're definitely fresher today. We, it's um, it is currently 11:45 instead of what did we do it at last time? Nine or something? Yeah, we did do it at nine last time. Yeah, we did it at like nine o'clock last time. It was a little you know a little shaky, but I think we had good weeks last week. That segues me into my first point, which is. By the end of the day today, the updated Pick'em standings for all four people who make picks, uh, you and I each week, and then Carp and Ferullo trickled in as they as they please. All the updated standings for the Pick'ems will be out on the Instagram by the end of the day today. That's a guarantee. Bet you didn't see that one coming. That's a guarantee. So stay tuned for that at TBR Sports on Instagram. Uh, we're pretty. We're almost halfway through the season. Which is crazy because it doesn't feel yeah. like we've been doing this this long. But this is our seventh pick Um And next week will be the halfway point in the wild. So we're going to update everybody heading into week eight on where the pick stands. Yeah, that's 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 all I've got. Oh, also subscribe to our YouTube channel because we're doing like videos on YouTube. Michael Lynch and I yesterday started a backyard baseball dynasty mode. Very exciting stuff. So everyone go at TBR Sports on YouTube. It's where the wiffle ball videos were. It's where um, the NCAA football videos are. And we're going to start posting more on YouTube, too. So, like, yeah, go check that out. That's all I've got. Seth, anything? Nope. I'm just ready to whoop your butt and pick them this week. That's not going to happen. That has never happened. Um, Who won last week? Did we? We had pretty much the same picks, I think. We might have different on one or two. We may have ended up tying in the end because I think we each like disagreed on like two games and the other person was like right on each one. If that makes we alternated being right and wrong on the games we disagreed on. So I think we tied, but I don't know. I'll, I'll get, we'll find out by the end of the day today. And I don't know where the standings stand either. Like who's in first, who's in, I don't know where anybody is, but we'll figure it out by the end of the day. I'm just going to go into this with an open mind and make my picks and not think about my pick em record. I'm just going to pick from the heart today, straight from the heart. That's that's pretty much all I've got going on. Um, I do have a bone to pick before we start with Carp. Um, Carp just doesn't want to set his lineup in fantasy. I was lamenting this to Seth before we started recording. It's not that hard to set a fantasy football lineup. It takes 90 seconds. Um and Carp's in second to last in the fantasy league, but with a win today, could be in third place, which is like which is the new first place because Seth and I are controlling the top of the league right now. So, like, I don't know. I texted him. I'm like, yo, just rem- remember to set your fantasy lineup. He's like, got it. He hasn't set it. We're an hour out from game time. He has multiple inactives in his starting lineup. It's like it takes like two seconds. We need to keep this league authentic. We need to keep it competitive. If Carp just starts tanking for next year, then then what are we going to do? We can't we can't control that. So I may have to use my commissioner tools and put players in there for him if he doesn't act upon his incomplete lineup. But that's my bone that I had to pick with Carp. 
that's, that's yeah. he uh, he really choked it last week though. Like I don't know if he deserves it after starting Tom over Watson. I I fear he may do that again this week. Well, he it's because his lineup's the same as it was last week. Oh, it's true. Yeah. Also, James White on the bench in fantasy for a PPR league does not make sense to me. But oh. that's just although James White like hasn't practiced this week. Has he not? It's non-injury related. They said. Because uh, he's still, um, he's not listed as questionable. He's not questionable. It just says, uh, James White did not practice Thursday. White's absence is not injury-related. If he misses Friday's practice, fantasy managers should make alternate plans at the flex spot. And they haven't given an update on, like, if he practiced Friday. I'm assuming he's good to go for the game, but. Yeah, I would um, imagine. I hope he is, because we're going to need him today. Um, all right. Without further ado, ladies and gentlemen. Let's get into the picks. Game one, Pittsburgh Steelers, Tennessee Titans, two 5-0 teams that don't deserve to be 5-0 at all. Seth, who are you picking for this one? I'm picking Pittsburgh. I I mean, I love Derrick Henry, and I feel like he's going to go off again because the dude's just a machine. But I think that offensively, Pitt just kind of has a better, like, more well-rounded attack Mm -hmm. and I feel like their defense has done well enough this year that they're going to be able to like like they're not going to be able to so like stop Henry but they can slow him down enough to the point that I think they can force Tannehill to like have to win the game which to Tannehill's credit he did win Tennessee that game last week like he, he doesn't Obviously, Henry, like, went off because he had, like, 200 and something yards from scrimmage. Yeah. But on the final drive of the game and in overtime, he was cooking. Dude had, like, maybe one or two incomplete passes, and I think one of those was um, a throwaway to, like, stop the clock. Like, yeah, he looked unbelievable. That was the best I'd ever seen Ryan Tannehill play. But I'm still picking Pitt. Yeah, I I agree with you a thousand percent. Um, I've said this every single week on the Pick'em. Both the Titans and the Steelers, I feel, are not good football teams. They are middle-of-the-pack teams that have drawn a very light schedule through the first five, six games, or five games for them because they both had a game canceled. Uh, The Titans beat the Bron- a bad Broncos team by only two points in week one. They beat a bad Jaguars team by only three points. They beat a bad Vikings team by one point. They beat a bad Texans team in overtime last week. They really haven't had a, a strong enough test this year. You could say the Bills, but the Bills really flopped in that game that they played against the Titans. So I like it wasn't the Bills team that we know. Um, I, I say the same thing about the Steelers. The Steelers schedule has been really, really light. I think they did get a good test with the Browns last week, and they proved that that um, that they were the better team, uh, and that they are the best team coming out of that uh, AFC North division. I'm picking the Steelers as well. Um, down the line, I don't think either of these teams are going to be like big threats in the AFC. I just think that they started the season off with the like easiest schedules that anyone could have been given, and that's why they're both five and zero right now. I've got the Steelers winning this game by. Uh, two scores, I think. I don't think it's going to be close, and I don't know why. I just don't think it. Yeah, I think. Well, I mean, I think there's a certain level of like, at some point you have to pass the ball. Like, even mm-hmm. when you have arguably the best running back in the NFL, you know, it's it, he can't do everything every week. Right. I agree. Um, all right, we're we'll picking Steelers. Next game. 
Cowboys and Washington football team. You said you wanted to pick Washington. Are you going to lock that in? No, I'm not. I'm picking Dallas. <laughs> I mean, look, if there was a game for the Washington football team to win this year, other than when they play the Giants or the Eagles, it's going to be this one. You have a Dallas team that's defense is in shambles, is somehow in a worse shape than the offense with Ezekiel Elliott and all of his fumbling issues. Yeah. Like, if there was a chance to take an opportunity and win a game for Washington against the division leaders, it or who I think will be the division leaders after this week, because when they win, they'll be back up in the top. Um, it would be this week, but I, I don't see it happening. So I've got Dallas by, like, 10. Yeah, I've got Dallas winning this game as well. I think that whoever wins this game is going to win the division. Uh, and I think the Cowboys are going to win, and they're going to win the division. And they're going to win the division with a losing record. Uh, I don't know when the last time that happened in the NFL was, but they're going to win the division with a, a less than 500 record, well less than 500. Um, this Cowboys team sucks. Uh, on paper, they should be one of the best teams in the NFL, and on the field, they are awful. They've got internal issues going on. Some of the players this week were like saying that the coaches suck and that the coaches aren't prepared and that they don't know football and that they don't they don't teach the players anything. And looking at all of that, you may look at this game from the exterior and be like, well, the Cowboys are falling apart right now. Their starting quarterback's foot is turned sideways. They're starting running back, uh, fumbles the football like 70 times uh, a quarter. Um, and their receivers, their top two receivers, can't catch the football. And their most productive receiver is a rookie from Oklahoma who went late in the first round. Um, and then their defense is terrible. So you would look at this game with all the stuff that went on this week with Mike McCarthy and everything and say, the Cowboys are going to lose this game. And the only reason why they aren't going to lose is because they are playing against a team that has no name. Uh, the Washington football team is another team that is in shambles right now. They've clearly already moved on from their young quarterback who was to be the franchise quarterback, Dwayne Haskins. Uh, they don't really have a run game. They don't have any receivers and they don't really have. Uh, yeah, Ron Rivera is a good coach, but I just I haven't seen that team be coached well yet this year they're one in five and i think that proves my point um i don't think mike mccarthy's gonna last the whole season and he and you can tell that he's not gonna last the whole season because of the way he gives his press conferences it's very telling when a coach is about to get fired when they're asked you know like about about getting fired and they say i'm gonna coach this team until someone tells me i can't that's like a big telltale sign that someone's about to get fired because you don't want to just outright say, like, no, I'm not getting fired, and then you get canned the next day. That's the, I hope I'm not getting fired, but I probably am, is I'm going to coach this team until someone tells me I can't. That's the telltale sign. Mike McCarthy said that the other day, and um, and I think he's probably done within the next few weeks. I think one more loss for this Cowboys team, and Mike McCarthy gets canned. They're going to win today, though. They're going to beat the Washington football team. Uh, it's going to be a close game. It actually is. I think both teams are going to play bad. It's not going to be a good game. I wouldn't bet on this game. I wouldn't even watch this game. Going to be a terrible, terrible, terrible game. I've got Cowboys, though. And I've got yeah, Cowboys I mean, winning the division. <laughs> nothing is funnier to me in professional sports when teams fire coaches for mediocrity mm. and, and then hire new ones to long-term deals. So I think of like the Knicks, 
right, in, in basketball. I mean, one yeah. of the famously terrible organizations. They were mediocre for forever, then decided to pick up Dave Fisdale off of the free agent coaching market, signed him to a six-year deal, and fired him halfway through his first year. Yeah. And, you know, they're still paying however many coaches, and I don't know how coach contracts work in the NFL, but I think it's funny that Dallas is now, you know, it seems like they're about to fire their coach. Who I don't know how long he signed for, but I know that Ron Rivera signed a five-year deal in Washington, and it'd be very funny to me to see him end up getting fired. And yeah. I mean, I think it's a certain level of, like, coaches understand how volatile the position is, so they force their way into longer contracts by saying, oh, well, if you only give me a two-year contract, I'm not going to have enough time to build a roster and, you know, build a culture or whatever. And then they just get fired halfway through their first year. But if it works like the NBA, you're still getting paid for the next five years. So it kind of right. works out. Yeah. But still, it's just, I, I find it very funny that there hasn't been some broad, like, change in the movement in, you know, coaching, like, the way teams treat their coaches as, you know, they start signing shorter term deals as opposed to these five year deals that they end up getting cut in their first year. Yeah, I agree. I think this Cowboys organization is really poorly run right now, and I don't know why. Um, if I were them, I would have paid Dak Prescott because he was the one bright spot in that offense. Uh, I would have paid him a long time ago. Um, and I wouldn't have hired Mike McCarthy as my coach. I would have gotten rid of Jason Garrett a long time ago, and I would have gotten an, a newer coach in there who wasn't Mike McCarthy. Mike McCarthy's a good football coach. You know, he coached the Packers for a very long time. Um, I just... I don't know. There's something about this Cowboys organization that they're, they're not being run well right now. Maybe Jerry Jones is, is getting early onset dementia. So I don't know. They're going to win the division, though, because this is the worst division in football. Like in recent history, this has to be the worst division that we've seen in the NFL in like what? The last 10, 20 years, maybe. I can't remember a division that was this bad where. You, you as the Cowboys or as the Eagles or as the Washington football team could be having your worst season of like the past decade and still make the playoffs and, and make them like easily too. Um, I would call it the tightest division race in the NFL because it is because it's the it is the quest for who can who can suck the least. Uh, and I think the Cowboys are going to win that that race. Not that that's any compliment to the Dallas Cowboys organization at all, but they're going to sneak their way into the playoffs by being so bad. Uh, yeah, come week 17, yeah. you know how week 17 you're always watching a couple of games because they actually have playoff implications? Yeah. Everyone's going to be tuning into games where all of the teams are below 500 because we're going to be watching the NFC. It's going to come down to the last game of the year. That's so true. Who do they? Who do the Cowboys play in like those later weeks? That would be awesome. I imagine the, their last game of the season has got to be um, either the Giants or um, – the Eagles. I mean, that's yeah, usually are, how it works out. Those are their last two games of the year. That was very good. Thank you. Uh, yeah, so they've got Eagles in week 16 and then Giants in week 17. That's going to be electric, actually, because that could have, like, and let's see who the Eagles play. Imagine if the like, Eagles were playing the football team in week 17 and we, we just got, be. like, NFC, NFC East drama. That's usually <laughs> how the NFL does their scheduling. It's, they, yep, they are. Yeah. Same day, same time. Oh, man. That's going to be, oh, I can't wait for week 17. That's going to be electric. Yeah. That is going to be electric. Oh, I'm hyped for it. Okay. 
Um, okay, now, actually, before we move on to the next game, now that we're on the discussion of, like, NFC East teams in general, sure. can we talk for a second about how they must have messed up their speed tracking? Allegedly, according to NFL's whatever they use to track how fast guys get on their runs, yeah. Daniel Jones on his 80-yard <laughs> trip and fall... <laughs> Almost reached the same top speed that Tyreek Hill has hit, hit in a game this season. That can't be right. <laughs> That's what I said. Every single time. Like, it's within. He ran, like, 21 point something miles an hour. That was his top speed on the run. And Tyreek Hill's top speed is, like, low decimals of 22 or high decimals of 21. I'm like, there's I, no way Tyreek Hill is not miles faster than... Daniel Jones, and I'm beginning to think that their system of figuring out how fast these guys are going <laughs> is bullcrap. Well, I, I, I don't buy it. First of all, that's definitely not true that Daniel Jones ran that fast. He's got wheels, but he doesn't have Tyreek Hill wheels. I don't like understand the whole next gen stats thing that they throw on there and they do it all the time now. It's like, oh, the win probability is 1% right now. Like, like, okay, you can calculate like win probability in terms of like i don't know statistics and like what they did like there's all sort of stats like that but at the end of the day there's factors that play into win probability in the middle of a game that you can't just calculate so i'm sitting there and the let's i forget it was a game last week and they gave the win probability at like three percent the team had the ball in the other team's red zone and was only down by like four points and i was like what do you mean the win probability is at 3%? Like, they score a touchdown. This game's over. And they scored a touchdown and won the game. And I was like, see, that's just where the stupid next-gen stats thing comes in because they want you to buy into that and be like, oh, my God, they have a 3% chance to win. When in reality, in that moment right there, their win probability, having the ball in the other team's red zone with, like, I don't know, a minute left and ha needing a touchdown to take the lead, their win probability is probably over 50% at that point because you're in the driver's seat. And at that point, they're wasting time to make sure that the other team doesn't score again and take the lead. And you don't want to leave them so much time. So I feel like that's where that whole next gen stats thing where they do the speed, where they do the win probability, where they do like the they do a bunch of other stuff too, like target. They do target share, which I guess that that's fine. But they like predict target shares throughout the game, which is like you can't just like predict things like that. And you can't like come up with stats like that. That's why I feel like they're just BSing these numbers. And you just proved the point. Daniel Jones does not run as fast as Tyreek Hill. And also shout out to Daniel Jones because balance clearly isn't in his vocabulary. Dude, there was no one around him. There was no reason for him to fall. I understand that like it, it looked like he had the feeling of, you know, when you're on a skateboard and you're going down a hill really, really fast, like a really steep hill and you're on a skateboard and you step off. And then your momentum just takes you flying and you like stumble, stumble, stumble and then fall flat on your face. That happened to me one time. It, that's what happened to Daniel Jones. He was running so fast that he couldn't keep up with himself and he fell. I don't know. I've never fallen while running. I've never lost my balance enough <laughs> to fall while running. I've never once before. have I. Like yeah. I, I have tripped on something like on an object. There was nothing. he. Yeah, there was nothing he tripped on. He just fell <laughs> and he didn't slip. He was he was running too fast for his 
for his legs were moving too fast for his brain to keep up. And he tricked himself into thinking that he was like, just like da 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 da, and then fell. I don't know how to describe it. It was the funniest thing I've ever seen. It was so, it was so New York Giants too. It was so New York Giants for that to happen. And that ended up being the deciding, like if he had scored that, they would have won the game. So did they not score off from the eight yard line after that? I don't know. I don't know why. I thought he got I, them. He got them within ten yards. Like it was. It was first and goal after maybe, a run. Maybe they did end up scoring, or maybe I don't know if they settled. I don't know. I don't remember. But either way, it was really fun to watch. That was that was good. All right. Speaking of New York football teams, let's move on to the battle of New York, the Buffalo Bills, and the. You New mean York the battle Jets. of one New York team and one New Jersey team? Sure, sure. There's only one true New York football team, and that is the Buffalo, Buffalo Bills. Bills. I mean, yeah, you could. Eh, Buffalo's upstate, but sure. It's still uh, New York. It's at, they're the only football team that actually plays in New York State because the Meadowlands are in Jersey. Right. Yeah, I get that. Um, I'm t- I'm picking the Bills. I I, I am I too. Know how anyone couldn't? Yeah, I picked the Bills to beat the Chiefs last week in my parlay and I lost. But uh, I love this Bills team. Everybody knows that I love the Bills. I think Josh Allen is elite. A lot of people agree with me on that. And they're gonna they're going to wipe the floor with the Jets today. Like that. I am worried for the New York Jets. That's gonna be tough for the Jets to, to play against a Bills team that is, what did they drop the last two games now? Uh, they Titan- lost to Tennessee, right? Yeah, Titans and Chiefs, because they were 4-0 yeah. and oh, and they're 4-2 and two now, right? Yeah. So, Dude, if, if the if the Patriots had won last week, they would have been in such good shape in the division. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> it's all good. It's I mean, all good. We can't dwell on the past. Right. But, but yeah, the Bills are going to kill the Jets today. I also have Bills, and my uh, my take here is the Jets don't even score a point. They yeah, might I don't think they scored a point last week, and they will not this week. Whoever has Bills' defense in, in our fantasy league is going to tear it up. Let's see who has them. Oh, of course, it's Carp's team. <laughs> uh, oh, good for me. It's not like I'm going to lose to him or anything. But uh, But, yeah. All right, next game. This is an interesting one. Saints and Panthers. Um, hmm. I'm going to pick the Saints. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you. I want to keep my train. That's that's realistic. Yeah, yeah. you you and the Panthers have some sort of weird relationship. Um, I I just, it's the more realistic pick. Uh, Not to say that the Panthers can't beat the Saints. Um, And if they do, they'll actually, if the, okay, this is a big hypothetical. If the Panthers win and the Buccaneers lose, I think the Panthers are leading the division. Depending on how the game goes. Depending on how both games go. They'll be tied for a division lead, basically. Um, I don't think that's going to happen. I know that the Saints have like lots of issues right now and that they just like it's the end of the Drew Brees era. And I don't even know that they'll make the playoffs. And I said this before that the Buccaneers team was assembled to shield the NFL from the embarrassment that is the 2020 New Orleans Saints. However, I don't think they're going to lose to the Panthers. I love Teddy Two Gloves. Um, Is Christian McCaffrey back this week? No, he is not. They never took him off IR. Is I expect him to be back next week. Okay, it's next week. Because if he was back, that would be a different story. So he realistically could have been back, um, I want to say, last week from IR. Yeah. Um, but they're, like, 
taking it slow because they don't want him to re-injure it, which makes sense. That makes sense, too, because they're playing fine without him. Killing me in fantasy. I have him in my ESPN league, and I'm 3-3. Three and three. I've managed to, you know, kind of... Stay afloat. Tre- yeah, tread water without him. But there are one or two games that I lost that I probably would have... Like, I realistically, if McCaffrey never went down, could be 5-1 and one right now in that league. Yeah. There's been a lot of injuries this year that have screwed a lot of people. Um, Christian McCaffrey being one of the main ones. Saquon Barkley being the other one. But yeah, I'm picking the Saints. Going to be a good game. I would tune into it. It'd be a real good game. Uh, I just think the Saints are the more realistic pick in that game. All right. Next game. Packers, Texans. How the hell did the Packers lose last week? Do you have an explanation for it? No. Neither do I. Um, this is the Packers are going to kill the Texans today. Aaron Jones isn't playing. He's out. I don't think that matters because the Texans have one of the worst run defenses in the league. Uh, not to mention that Aaron, Aaron Rodgers is on an FU tour, so he'll do just fine. No Aaron Jones, but Jamal Williams is a, is a, you know, more than capable backup option to Aaron Jones to start today's game against a really soft Texans team. Uh, Deshaun Watson doesn't care. And it's pretty obvious that he doesn't care. They've lost almost every game they've played this year. And Deshaun Watson is like the happiest kid in the world after they lose because he's getting paid. He doesn't care. He's like he's yucking it up with the opponents on the sidelines. He's like he is the Little League World Series pitcher who gets taken for a ride and then high fives the kid who hit the home run off him. That's Deshaun Watson to me. Deshaun Watson. Watch him after they lose games. He's like happy. And he's laughing, he's yucking it up, yada, 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 buy this, buy that. He has so much money that he doesn't need to win football games anymore. He doesn't. I the think Texans he's at a point stupid. where he hated playing under O'Brien so much that he's just so happy to not be playing for him that he doesn't care what the results of the games are. And I don't know that I can blame him for that. I don't know an NFL quarterback that likes to lose. And I just found one, and his name is Deshaun Watson. So... The Packers are going to steamroll the Texans today. Deshaun Watson is going to be rooting for Aaron Rodgers to do well. And that's that. Your pick? <laughs> oh, yeah, I've got the Packers, too. I didn't realize I never said that. Yeah. All right. Next game, the battle of the orange teams. Bengals and Browns. I'm picking the Browns. I like the Cleveland Browns team. They had an off week last week against the Steelers. They're going to bounce back today against Joe Noodle Arm Burrow. And they're going to win this game by a field goal. It's going to be a tight game because the Browns are not capable of beating teams by more than a touchdown. Uh, But I I am taking the Cleveland Browns. So I'm a little bit torn on this game because when they (laughs) played earlier in the season, the Browns won by five points. Right. And last week, the Browns had a rough game. You know, Baker Mayfield had, what, like, two, three interceptions, got mm. pulled at one point. Like, this is a Browns team that hasn't looked good. You know, we, we, we had we had that stretch in the beginning of the season, you know, like, coming into the season, everyone was like, oh, OBJ's going to get traded, you know, they're trash, and they're going to have to blow it up after this year. And they came out, and they won a few games, and it looked pretty good. And I was still kind of like, I'm not going to believe in a Browns team unless they win the Super Bowl. Like, it's going to have to be, they're up by 30 points in the fourth quarter. And I, I think my exact quote was, they're going to be up 34 points in the fourth quarter of the Super Bowl, and I'm still not going to believe in them. <laughs> um, and for that reason, 
I really want to take Cincinnati. But I think I'm going to take Cleveland just because I feel like Baker's the type of dude to come out after having a bad game and, like, take over. Yeah. You know, like, I feel like he's going to be so motivated. And especially, I don't, I'm not really scared of Cincinnati's defense enough to believe that the Browns won't win this game. But if they lose, I firmly believe that there are trades that are going to happen. I don't know if that's OBJ. I don't know if that's Kareem Hunt. I don't know if that's Jarvis Landry. But I think someone gets moved or all of them gets moved just for like picks and storing up for the future. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think they're going to win, but yeah, if they lose, I, I could see that as being a very realistic possibility. Uh, we're both taking the Browns though. Next game, lions and Falcons. I have to admit, I was wrong about the Falcons last week. You were right. You said that they were going to rally around the firing of Dan Quinn and, and you were right. I'll give that to you. They played really well last week. I think that train is going to continue on into this week. Uh, Julio's back. Julio looked real good last week. The offense clicked for the first time all year. They're playing against a really soft team in in the Lions. I've got the Falcons winning this game pretty easily. I think by double digits. I think they're going to shock everybody. Yeah, I mean, Detroit's so bad, dude. Like, I'm amazed that they have won two games this year. And the only game that they should have won was the one that they won against the Jaguars. I don't know how they beat the Cardinals in week three. That was just, nobody saw that one coming, but I don't think they have that in them. I can very easily see them only winning two more games for the rest of the year, maybe three. Yeah. Just based on what the rest of their schedule looks like, I, I too, am going to pick the Falcons. I'm going to stick with that train. All right. Yeah, I'm picking the Falcons as well. Sorry, I was looking ahead to the next game. Uh, yeah, we both got Falcons. Um, yeah, next game. This, this one's interesting. This one's really interesting. <laughs> I've got a hot, We're I've got both a, looking at each other. We're both looking at each <laughs> other. I've got a hot take here. I've got a real hot take. No one's got the same hot take. No one's going to. Oh, Seth, I'll do you one better and give you an even hotter take. I feel like your take is going to be lukewarm compared to the take that I'm about to make. This is what I'm going to say. So this this game is the Bucks and the Raiders. Here's my take. The Raiders are coming off of a big win against the Chiefs two weeks ago and had a bye week in between. They're playing the Buccaneers who came off a Big win against the Packers last week. Everybody knows that I don't like this Buccaneers team. Everybody knows that I don't buy into the hype. Here's my lukewarm take. The Raiders are going to win this game. Even further, the Raiders are not going to lose another game for the rest of the year. Oh, Jesus. The Raiders are going to run the table for the rest of the season, and they're going to be a problem in the AFC. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I don't have anything else to say. The Raiders are going to go undefeated for the rest of the year. Okay, so they have to beat the Chiefs one more time. Yep, and I think That's they're the going to do it. That's the only thing that they have to do. I think they're going to do it. Because <laughs> they're winning every other game in that. Yeah, like, they, beat, they beat Browns. They're going to beat the Chargers twice. They will beat the Broncos twice. twice. They will beat the Jets. They will beat the Falcons. They'll beat they the will beat the Colts. They They'll will beat the Dolphins. Dolphins. So it's literally, it literally just comes it down comes to this down week to one and game. The game. They're going to beat the Chiefs again, and they're going to go undefeated, and they're going to finish the season 14-2. and two. 
Jesus. They have a light schedule to finish out. They're a problem in the AFC. They're going to win. They, they might win the AFC West. Oh, my God. Do the, do the Chiefs have to go through the Patriots one more time? No, you only play teams once when you're playing out of division. Damn. Okay. They might, yeah, these two teams are going are gonna to tie at 14-2 and two at the top of the division. That's my hot take. That is a hot take. I'm I'm gonna say I'm <laughs> so actually before I make this pick, are Abrams and or no, not Abrams. Jacobs and the rest of the O line, are they like okay? So yeah, here that was my only issue. Earlier in this week, I was like absolute lock, I'm taking the Raiders. Then the entire Raiders offensive line got COVID. But yesterday, four members of the offensive line were activated off the COVID list with false positives. And is Jacobs okay? I think it's, let's look, because I don't know if he was listed in that. Because I'm not, I'm not making my pick until I know that. Because, so, for those of you who didn't see the alert, which I feel like if you're listening to this podcast, you probably get enough NFL alerts that you would have heard about this. The entire starting offensive line, as well as Josh Jacobs, were all placed on the COVID list. The notification I got made it sound like it was because they were in close contact with someone. Um, I, or like were deemed high risk. I didn't hear that they had tested positive at any point. Um, so that's news to me. Uh, but that's, that's huge. I mean, we saw what happened with the Patriots last week where almost the entire offensive line, I mean, they had what three guys on the offensive line that were on the COVID list. And then one or two guys went down with injury during the game itself. So, I mean, we saw how much that affected the Patriots last week. Um, which I don't know what their situation is this week, though I imagine they've practiced a little bit more. It sounds as if Josh Jacobs is playing. I don't know that all of them tested positive, but I think there was a pause, a false positive test from someone in there. Gotcha. I don't know the whole story, but it, it sounds as if Josh Jacobs is going to play today. Okay, I don't so see any red in, flags. In that case, I am picking the Raiders this week. Yep. Which, this this shocks me. That... Like I didn't look at the Raiders schedule until just now, and I just came up with that hot take. The Raiders are gonna go are gonna sweep the table. They're gonna they are gonna absolutely run the table for the rest of the season. It it really comes down to today and the Chiefs game. But even if they don't, that's a twelve and four finish. Right. That's pretty good for a Raiders team that has not been good for a long time. That's that's pretty good. It is. It is. <laughs> I mean, Gruden Gruden deserves a lot of credit for how he's drafted. He's done an extremely extremely good job of drafting guys to bring in um you know the drafting uh jonathan abrams was a hell of a move that kid is yeah unreal uh not sure how i feel about the sleeves on his shirt but he's still a hell of a football <laughs> player um and gruden's just managed to figure it out he's <laughs> it's unbelievable i did not believe that they had the ability to play this well uh, coming into this year, and they approved me wrong. Dude, it's funny that you mentioned the sleeves, because I've said that every time I watch a Raiders game. I'm like, he would look so much cooler without them. He looks <laughs> like he's trying to be um, not Charles Woodson, but wasn't there another Woodson that played for the Raiders that was a safety? Rod? I, yeah, maybe. Hang on. Did he ever play for the Raiders, though? No, I played for the Steelers, I think. I'm trying to think, because I know for a fact there was another Raiders safety. 
There, what you're right. There was a Woodson on the. There was a different Woodson on the Raiders. Right? I don't know. Well, maybe not. I don't know, but what he looks like to me is um is like that kid on a youth football team who is too cold. You know, like all the other kids are all the other kids are like just dressed in their normal pads and whatever. And then you've got the one dweeb who's wearing like a sweater under all his pads. That's what that's what he looks like to me. He has no style. And I feel like if you're a defensive player on a winning team in the NFL, you need style. Like that that's half of the mental battle of winning a game. If you have long sleeves and the sleeves aren't even like compression sleeves, they're like they look like they're too big for him. Like he's wearing a, like a long sleeve shirt from Express that's just one size too big. I think we need to fix his style. I'd I'd love to have him on the podcast and critique his form, because um, he looks he looks kind of washed right now. Uh, he's a great football player, but his look just looks like washed. I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. But yeah, those are our hot takes for the day. That's also my absolute lock. Pick the Raiders. That I really I, I believe so strongly in the Raiders today. I believe so strongly in the Raiders for the rest of the season. I should throw some money on them winning out. I feel like I could, should do that because that might win me some 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 cash if I do that. Yeah, but if you if you're right, if I'm right. Yeah, if I'm wrong, then it doesn't. Um, yeah. Next game, though, uh, Jaguars and uh, Chargers. I'm picking the Chargers. I like this Chargers team. They've gotten the short end of the stick in a few games. They almost beat the Bucks. They almost beat the Chiefs. Uh, they get a light draw this weekend. I think Justin Herbert's going to do his thing. I've got the Chargers winning this game pretty easily. Yeah, I do, too. I think Herbert's looked really good in the offense. I feel bad for Tyrod Taylor, especially after, you know, the team screwed up his season and then Anthony Lynn was like, yo, he's our quarterback. I'm standing by him because Anthony Lynn knows how it goes. You know, he right. played in the NFL. Um, and now they're like, no, we're sticking with Herbert. And I'm like, that sucks so bad for Tyrod Taylor. <laughs> Tyrod Taylor got sabotaged out of the Chargers offense. I'm convinced. I am convinced yeah. that he got sabotaged out of the offense. There's no, there's no way he accidentally punctured his lung. I'm not buying that story. You had Justin Herbert's like dad's best friend's daughter's boyfriend's uncle working the the syringe on the cortisone shot there there's no chance that that tyrod taylor wasn't sabotaged that's just my take um all right next game i don't want to call it a must win but it's a must win it's a must win so listen the hell up patriots fans emergency press conference right now right now emergency press conference we are two and three right yes we're two and three this is the first time in my lifetime that we've had a losing record this early on in the season literally it hasn't been since the 2001 season i was not born then it is the first time in my lifetime and probably seth's remembrance of his lifetime that the Patriots are losing this early, have a losing record this early on in the season. Where's the offense? Where's the play call? What is going on with this team? I don't know. Do you know? You don't know. I don't know. Can someone tell me? No. Well, no I, one I know tell. what happened last week. It was, the, you know, 
having only practiced twice in person in two That's fine. That's fine. I understand that that there are that there are things going on. I understand that. Here's what I don't understand. Everything. I don't get it. We're supposed to be good. We have Cam Newton. We are one of the best dynasties, if not the best dynasty of the 21st century. What the hell is going on? I don't know. This is a must-win game for the Patriots. If you fall to two and four, then you need to win out if you want a shot at the playoffs, basically. Because we know that the Raiders are coming. We know that the Steelers and the Titans are coming. We know that the Bills are there. We know that the Dolphins are there. For some reason, the Dolphins are better than us right now. Makes no sense at all, but they are. This is a must-win game. You're playing Jimmy G. Jimmy G is going to be on a revenge tour against the Patriots today for trading him to the 49ers. You are playing against the defending NFC champions, who luckily suck too this year. They're 3-3. Three and three. So here's my pick for this game. Patriots are going to win this game by four points on a game-winning touchdown Cam Newton. It's going to be like the season, but he's actually going to get into Cam Newton is not going to have a good day throwing the football. It is going to be our run game that carries us. We're going to win today. Pony up, Pats Nation. That's my pick. I agree, but I think that the Pats win by a little bit more. I feel like it's... Really? If anything... So, like, I think if they win on, like, a game-ending score, it'll be... It's a tie game at the end. I don't think they'll be down. Um... Or they're going to win by two, you know, like 10 plus points. Yeah. Um, I just think that without Mostert in the lineup, like McKinnon's done a pretty good job. But the rest of the offense, other than um, Kittle, really hasn't looked good this year. Debo Samuel's had a decent season so far, you know, in the couple of games that he's played. Um. But I don't know that Garoppolo's really looked all that great, and their defense is just so depleted right now that it's like, like what what are they supposed to do? You know, I, I feel like yeah. the Pats should run the table in this game. I hope so, because it is a must-win game for Patriots fans. If you're a Patriots fan today, or no, scratch that. If you are from New England, if you live in the New England region today, I don't care what you're doing. I don't care what plans you have, what what obligations you have. If you have church, I don't care. At 425, you are yeah, sitting who, who down. Is, who's in church at 425? I don't know. I don't know the church. I don't I don't know. I don't know what you do. I don't know what I don't know what these people do on their off days. All right. Today is not an off day, people. It's an on day. It is a business day. Consider it a business trip. You are sitting down on your couch at 425 and you are dialed in. You're dialed into this game because if you care at all about this New England Patriots team, you watch today's game. I don't care about the part-time fans that show up when we make it to the Super Bowl and wear the fake little jerseys that they get off Amazon and throw their Super Bowl parties and whatever and yada, yada, yada. I don't care about that. If you aren't at us, if I messed that up, if you aren't with us at our lowest, which is right now, then don't be with us at our highest, which is where we're going to be at the end of the season when we win the Super Bowl. You need to watch this game because it is a must-win victory, must-win contest, must-win battle for the New England Patriots today. It is a game day. Get fired up. Let's go. Take in the Patriots. Yeah. Mm. 
I got goosebumps from that speech that I just gave. That was hype. All right. You know the you know the meme where someone photoshopped Obama putting the the presidential the medal, medal on, on himself? himself. That's what just happened. That's, that's what just happened. <laughs> oh, it's so did. I'm the best. All right. Um, Chiefs and Broncos. I'm picking the Chiefs. Yeah, there's no debate here. It's we don't game. even need to talk about that game. All right, last game of the day, Sunday night football, Seahawks, Cardinals. Hot take number two, Cardinals win tonight. Yay, we don't have the same picks for every single game. <laughs> did we, I got um, did, did we agree on every pick so far? I think so. Ugh. <laughs> Ugh. It's just one of those weeks, dude. We both pick Pitt, we both pick Dallas, both pick Buffalo, both pick New Orleans, both pick Packers, both pick Cleveland, both pick the Falcons, both pick Vegas, both pick the Chargers, both pick New England, both pick Kansas City. Yep. So Yeah. So here's why um here's why I'm picking the Cardinals. Number one, I shouldn't have listened to you last week on Sunday night football. And I said that I wanted to pick the 49ers too, and you talked me out of it. So I want to disagree with you on Sunday night football. Here's another reason. This this is if there's any spot for the Cardinals to beat the Seahawks, it's tonight. It's on Sunday night football. It's on primetime. It's against one of the worst pass defenses in the league, one of the worst secondaries in the league. I think I think I think I think that Kyler Murray is just going to show the hell out tonight. And the Seahawks always play in weird games, especially on Sunday nights. They never play in close games. I look at all the Sunday night football games that the Seahawks have played in. They're all pretty much almost a loss. Like they've come down to like the last play. I I love the Seahawks and I love Russell Wilson. I think he's the MVP. I think the Seahawks are the best team in the NFL, even if they lose this week. But I think this is a great spot for the Cardinals to pull off the upset. It's going to be a one-score game. The Cardinals winning. I mean, I've got the Seahawks. I look. I think the Cardinals have struggled a little bit over the past few weeks. I mean, ever since they lost that weird game to That's it was true. the Lions, right? It's true. Yeah. Um. You know, it's it's been a little bit of uh, up and down. I was definitely on the Kyler Murray hype train after you put me on it. Season. Yes. Um, but I mean, you take two losses in a row, and then you play two of the worst defenses in the NFL in the Jets and the Cowboys. I don't know that they're prepared to play a real team. Well, well, the Seahawks aren't a real defense. The Seahawks are are just as bad defensively. Well, they're significantly. Nah, they're significantly better than the Cowboys and the Jets are. I don't know. They have the second worst secondary in the league. Do that. They give up a lot of points, but they score a lot of points too. That's why I think the Cardinals are going to take advantage. I don't want to persuade you into agreeing with me. Yeah, no, I think- I'm still like I'm sitting with the Seahawks. I'm not changing. Yeah, my that's fine. I just I I think I'm, the Seahawks yeah. are a better team. They're than- a better overall team, yeah. but defensively, they're just as bad as all those other teams, if not worse. They're the second worst secondary in the league right now. Second worst pass defense. So, the way, you, you, well, you can make the same argument in the opposite way. You can just say that the Cardinals' defense isn't prepared for the Seahawks' offense. That's better. That's a better argument that you could have made. That the Seahawks' offense is is far better than any team that the Cardinals have played yet this year. I think it's going to be a shootout. I think it's going to be the defenses are going to be awful. Except here's the one difference maker, and someone pointed this out to me. Buda Baker from the Cardinals, he's one of the main reasons why they've been winning games is because he has been so good. He is one of the best 
safeties right now, best young safeties in the NFL right now. He's a good pass rushing safety too. He can he can safety blitz like like there's no tomorrow. And someone pointed out that that game they lost against the Lions, he was inactive for that game. So he is a difference maker for the Cardinals. He's active tonight. He's playing. Right, but the other difference maker on that defense is Chandler Jones, and he's now done for the season. Yep, that's true. That's very true. Um, but I, I just, I, I believe strongly in this Cardinals team. I think it's going to be a shootout, and I think the Cardinals are going to uh, come out on top at the end of the day. This is a competitive division too, the NFC West. It really is. You've got. The Seahawks at five and zero, and then you've got the Cardinals and the Rams at four and two, and then you've got the 49ers at three and three. So depending, and I said this last week, and it carried this week. Depending on what happens, all these teams like games. So the 49ers playing the Patriots, and then the Cardinals playing the Seahawks. Depending on what happens with all these teams, this division could be shooken up like like significantly. And then you've got the Rams playing the Bears tomorrow night, and the Bears are going to win. So. This this division is is not solidified at all. Uh, it's going to be very, very interesting to see what happens with this division. The 49ers beat the Patriots. Uh, I'm going to throw a couple hypo- hypotheticals out there. Let's say the Seahawks lose. Seahawks are still going to be in first place. Cardinals are going to be five and two. Seahawks are going to be five and one. The Rams are going to lose. They're going to be four and three. The 49ers win. They are going to go above the Rams or at least tie the Rams for for, you know, whatever. If the Cardinals lose then the 49ers with a win and a Rams loss and Cardinals loss could be tied for second in the division, just like that. So I said this last week, too. I said that the Rams um, were the best. We They were 4-1 and one last week. We said the Rams were the best 4-1 team as the worst team in the division. I said something along those lines, that the Rams were, were like the best, potentially the best team in the division, but the worst team in the division. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I say a lot of things like that that don't make sense, but make sense. Um, no, it, it, I remember it took you a, a few tries to actually. It took me a few tries to articulate it correctly, and then I did, and then I was proud of myself. Yeah, NFC West is a very competitive division in football, and it's going to be very interesting to see what happens. Uh, I'm taking Cardinals. Seth is taking Seahawks. Ladies and gentlemen, breaking news. Carp has set his lineup in fantasy. I know you were all really worried about that earlier on in the episode, so I just wanted to update all of you. He has set his lineup after after I chewed him out on the podcast and reminded him earlier in the day to do so. He has done it. So and no, he's ne- now no need to, to beat you. He's proje- that won't happen, though. Yeah, um, no, I, I never follow projections. It's because Aaron Jones is out. So right, right, I put right. Jamal Williams in, and they haven't updated Jamal Williams. Oh, Mario on the yet. bench, though. Yeah, I'm Over going for Kirk. Kirk against the worst secondary in the league. Okay, fine. In a shootout potential game on Sunday Night Football, and I have Kyler. I think I've put together a very, a very strong. Yeah, but dude, Washington, who somehow has the, the best. That's yeah. crazy. <laughs> and Amari has been like hot and cold this year. Without Dak, too, I don't trust him unless he has a really good matchup. So I'll go back to him you next. Mean hot week. and cold, dude. He had one game where he had four points against the Giants, and literally every other game, no, he's I know, been but we're, sixteen we're or higher. Are though? So like eighty-one yards, a hundred yards, eighty-six yards, and then he had a good game, and then he dropped down to like twenty yards, and then last week only seventy yards. He's not producing at the way he he was last year for sure. But dude, it's eighteen, sixteen, seventeen, thirty-three, four, twenty. I know, but I've got more. I've got more potential in like Stefan Diggs, 
going off or Christian Kirk going off against this really weak Seahawks team or Julio. I don't have any trust in Amari Cooper this week. I don't. I feel like it's a week that he could see like one or two targets and and just be a decoy. CD Lamb's been really consistent for me too, but I'm throwing him on the bench for this week. I, I'm 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 trusting the lineup I've put together right now. I, I just I, I like Christian Kirk's potential. I think he goes off for like two touchdowns because they're going to be so the Seahawks going to be so focused on DeAndre. Kyler's going to have to throw the ball eventually, and it's going to go to Christian Kirk. So. And that game has major shootout potential, major shootout potential. We'll see, though. I don't know. I can afford to lose like two games in fantasy. So we're chilling. You, on the other hand, have your hands full with Nick Ferullo this week. Have my hands full. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's, a, it's a weird thing. I might have to drop um, Tyler Higby in the next like 15 minutes. Yeah, he's questionable. He's questionable. He's kind of been trash all year other than week two. Um, problem is that Andrews is on the on the bye this week. But my best option right now is... Yeah, I was just going to say, eh, I might go Ebron if I'm you. Well, oh, is Ebron available as well? Jimmy Grant. This is tough. Oh, Darren Fells, I would. Darren Fells has two straight games with... Uh, with a touchdown and going like over 70 yards and he's playing the Packers who are like, they're okay. But I feel like if anyone's going to score a receiving touchdown on the Texans, it's Darren Fells. Yeah. Yeah. You might be right. I don't know. I've got to consider it. Yeah. Well, that is all the games that we have to cover for today. We did it in pretty swift fashion, too. We're about a half hour, actually less than that, 23 minutes out from the uh, 1 o'clock kickoff. I'm excited. Seth is excited. Everybody's excited. Um, reminder to follow TBR Sports on Instagram. Reminder to subscribe to our YouTube because the Backyard Baseball Series is started up last night. It's electric. We have built a dream team in Backyard Baseball. And we may be doing backyard like football and so, like we may start like a whole series out of that, especially during that long break where everybody's home. I want to. Whoa! I unplugged my headphone there. That's crazy. I want to um, I want to battle with some folk in backyard sports, whoever that may be. I don't know. Let me know. Um, but I would like to take some people on in old school video games. That is that is my goal to become the king. But for right now, uh, go check it out on the YouTube. Michael Lynch and I are managing a dream team all the way to the backyard baseball league world series. Um, I want to talk not now, but I feel like this week do a podcast about the actual world series. Cause that game last night was insane. Wow. <sighs> Rookie mistakes, dude. Like, I don't, I don't know what the hell that was. Two yeah. errors on one. What was the catcher doing? Um, well, it wasn't the catcher's fault. It's Kenley Jansen's fault. Go look yeah, at what was the I don't, Kenley Jansen's position. If you're the pitcher and there's a, a throw coming into home, you should be behind home plate ready to yeah. back up the throw. Kenley That's Jansen fine, was five feet inside of the foul line on the third base side. I don't know why the catcher like did the whole. I think I get that he like lost the ball, but like he did. He was also trying to make a tag. He's trying to keep himself in position and make it. Did happen. he think that the runner was? That's what my thought was. Was because that he I thought think, the runner was coming? So I think a Rosarena tripped before he tripped and then went back. 
Right. So and I then think saw I, when the, so I think he 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 was yeah, he probably saw him in his peripheral. Was, yeah. Thought he was coming. Went to go apply the tag, and then in doing so, lost the ball. And then the the runner on third base, after tripping and going back to third base, realized that the ball was all the way gone. Came home, won. That was electric, and I want the Rays to win this series so bad. So I was I was getting I was getting hyped last night when that happened, especially when he was slamming on home plate after he won. I don't know why. I got chills from watching that. That was an intense game, though. I feel like we should do a longer podcast, maybe with Carp too, um, about the World Series because it's heating up. I think it's going seven. Who do you want to win? I don't really care. I, I stopped caring about what was going on in the um, uh, in, in the MLB playoffs once the Astros got cut. That's fair enough. I, I haven't really been watching since the Sox weren't in it, but I just don't want to see Mookie win one with the Dodgers. Um, and I like the story of the Rays, too, that like they have the lowest um, salary in the league and that they're playing they're paying like their starters the same amount of money that the Dodgers are paying Mookie bets alone. And they just haven't been good. I feel like I feel like it's their time to win a ship. So I'm rooting for the Rays. But yeah, that was a, that was an intense game four last night. We, maybe we'll do a game game five or six or seven preview if it goes seven. Who knows? But that's all I've got. Um, seven of the Pick'em. Thank you all so much for tuning in. Check the Instagram at the Cardinals and Seahawks game tonight to see the updated standings of the Pick'em. And that's it. Yeah. Thank you all so much for listening. We will see you very, very soon.